Corinthians and chapter 15. The simple gospel retort. We'll consider the first 11 verses. The Bible reads, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God uh, that is uh, with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Our holy God in heaven, before us is the bread of life. We ask, O oh God, that as we sit around it to feed um, on it, that, O oh God in heaven, you may speak to each one of us. That, oh God, you anoint these lips of clay to proclaim your word. And that your word will come for the salvation of sinners and sanctification of sins. Oh God in heaven, be with us because we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, the theme of the Antioch uh, Conference this year is... The simple gospel retort. The simple gospel retort. What a wonderful theme. What a glorious theme. Because the gospel is the rock on which the church is built. And that is the most important message we have as uh, the children of God. The gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I said earlier on, we'll be reflecting on 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the, the next two days. And before uh, we look at our text this evening, allow me to give you some logistics about the book of 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. 
It was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the believers at Corinth. And uh, uh, th this church at Corinth uh, was in a city uh, which was well known for a lot of evils, the city of Corinth. And friends, it is very important to know something about the city of Corinth in order for us to understand the message uh, the Apostle Paul is bringing across uh, in this book. The city of Corinth was a very busy city. Actually, it was well known for two things. Number one, it was known for immorality. All kinds of immorality were found in the city of Corinth. All kinds of sin was found in the city of Corinth. So it was well known for sin. It was well known for immorality to a point whereby sin was nicknamed Corinthianizing. So if, you know, there was a talk that uh, so-and-so, they were found Corinthianizing, they knew that it's sinning. Sin was nicknamed uh, to Corinthianize. That is very important to take note of. But second, the city of Corinth was a Greek city. It was well known for academia. Well known for, for knowledge, well, well known for studying, well known for philosophy. You know, the Greeks loves wisdom. They, 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 they love philosophy. So it was well known uh, for that. And that is why the Apostle Paul, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, all he's telling the believers is that don't conform to the evils of the city. You are conforming to the evils of the city. And that is why you find even the believers at Corinth. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, a young man having an affair with, you know, the wife to the father. So there was a lot of immorality uh, going on in the city. And then the church started conforming to the evils of the city. But also, you, you hear the Apostle Paul, uh, you know, using language like the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. Why is he using such a language? Because uh, Corinth as a Greek, you know, uh, city, it was well known for philosophy. It was well known for worldly Wisdom And for the Apostle Paul, he's saying, no, no, no. When it comes to wisdom, Christ is our wisdom. So those two things about the city, they are very important to know. But also, allow me to state the reason why the Apostle Paul is writing this letter uh, to the believers at Corinth. Well, the Apostle Paul had received a report you know, about the immorality or a number of problems uh, which were uh, going on in the church at Corinth. There was a party spirit, you know, you know, fighting over personalities. And of course, friends, what do you expect in the city? You know, you know the city was well known for wisdom, for philosophy. So that, you know, tradition went even into the church. 
We are for Apollos, who is eloquent. We, we, are, we are for Peter. We are for the Apostle Paul. Others, they know, we are for Jesus. There was a party spirit. But also, you know, uh, people, Christians, took each other to court. There was sexual immorality uh, and so on and so forth. So from chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians to chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is dealing with those problems. And then from chapter 7 all the way to the end, the Apostle Paul is responding to questions which the believers at Corinth had written to him. He's responding to questions. Observe, for instance, chapter 7, quickly. Chapter 7. And verse 1. So he starts that new section. He says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote. So he now is addressing the matters uh, the believers at Corinth wrote from chapter 7 all the way to chapter 16. In our text, uh, that is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is dealing with the question of the resurrection. The question of the resurrection. Remember, in the city of Corinth, there were philosophers. And some of those philosophers were questioning the resurrection, were questioning whether those who died were ever going to resurrect. And even some people in the church bought into such heresy, bought into such a thing. And now they're asking the Apostle Paul, those who died, are they going to resurrect? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is giving a response. And here is his point. His point is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the climax of the gospel. And friends, many of the times when we are talking about the gospel, we just specialize in Jesus died, Jesus died. Well, he also resurrected. That is very important. Because the resurrection of Christ is the climax of the gospel. And then that, that is what the, the Apostle Paul is showing uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So in the first 11 verses, he shows how the gospel is foundational to the Christian faith. Then from verse 12 all the way to verse uh, uh, 34, he shows, you know, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then from verse 35 to the end of the chapter, he shows how you and me will resurrect because Jesus Christ resurrected. Friends, if there's something unique about the Christian faith is that our founder died, he was buried, and he was resurrected. That's something that is unique about our faith, that we, we have a Savior who died, was buried, and also resurrected. Islam, they don't have such a Savior. Muhammad is still in the grave. 
These other religions, they don't have such a, a savior. Their so-called saviors are still in the grave. But for you and me, our savior resurrected. Friends, that is good news. It means we have hope both in this life and even in the life to come. That one day we also resurrect like our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why now, 1 Corinthians 15 ends on a glorious note. Huh? That famous verse, huh? verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the wake of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Our labors are not in vain because we know Christ died, he was buried, he resurrected, and even uh, those who, who died, and even us, friends, we will resurrect uh, after dying. Observe our text now. Um, I want to bring four things to your attention uh, in our text. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 11. Four things about the gospel. Number one, we see, first of all, the reminder of the gospel. As a church, as believers, we must be reminded about the gospel. Where do we see that? Observe our text. Chapter 15 and verse 1. How does the apostle Paul, you know, begin chapter 15? He says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you which you received in which you stand. We see here that we must be reminded about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul here brings out three things about the gospel he preached to the Corinthians that they should never forget. Three things. First, it is the gospel which they received. Did you see that? The same verse one. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received. It is the gospel they received. This is the gospel that they welcomed. This is the gospel that they acknowledged. This is the gospel that they embraced. But second, it is the gospel in which they are established. In other words, uh, that is the gospel in which the Corinthian believers have been firmly grounded or continue to grow strong. It is the gospel in which they are grounded. Observe with me, uh, friends, uh, verse 1 again. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand. Friends, at times I hear, you know, I remember at one point, I think my, for, my former church, someone came to me and said, Pastor, it's too much of the gospel, gospel, gospel. Let us go to some real meat. And I'm saying, what is meat other than the gospel? We have no other message but the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way. We come to faith by the gospel, 
And also, we are maintained in the faith by the gospel. That's the point. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. That this gospel I preach to you, it, the one which you received, in which you stand. You can never outgrow the gospel. The gospel is not only for salvation. The gospel is also for our sanctification. It is to sanctify us in this life. The gospel is there to conform us to the image of Christ. At times, friends, we can be tempted to neglect the gospel so that we can go for what is trending. So that we can go for what is trending. No, it is high time we go for uh, you know, front page newspaper preaching. We, you know, we must be preaching about the wars. We must, we must be relevant. We, we must be addressing uh, these things like domestic violence and so on and so forth. The gospel, friends, must never be replaced by any message. The Apostle Paul says it is the one they received, but it is the one in which they stand. But observe in the third place that it is the gospel which, which is their means of salvation. Verse 2, he says, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in them. Salvation has got three tenses, past, present, and future. You were saved from your sins. You are being saved, and then you'll finally be saved the day you die. You'll finally be saved. You'll be delivered from sin to go to a better world, a world without sin. Paul here affirms that the saints of Cor at Corinth were converted from the life of sin, and what brought about their conversion was nothing but the gospel. The gospel is what brought about their conversion. Friends, observe in the second place. In the first place, we've seen that we must be reminded about the gospel as the church. But second, we must consider the gospel a priority as the church. Where do we get that? Verse 3. Observe verse 3. For I deliver to you as of first importance. He says, as of first importance, what I also received. Here we see the primacy of the gospel. Here we see the priority of the gospel. Here the Apostle Paul shows the Corinthian sense, how primary and how uh, and, and of first importance the gospel is to the truth of God's word. That there is no other teaching in the body of God's truth that surpasses the gospel in importance. Nothing surpasses the gospel. After all, the gospel is what is at the center of what God is doing in the world as revealed in the scriptures. Friends, when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, all we see is a missionary God. 
We see a God on a mission. We see a God on a mission to gather a people for himself. To gather a people who can worship him throughout the scriptures. That is what the Bible is all about. It is about God gathering a people to save from their sins. We've looked at the fact that uh, as a church we must be reminded about the gospel. Second, we, must, we have looked at the fact that the gospel must be a priority uh, in the church. But number three, we must be clear about this gospel. What is this gospel? We, we must be clear about it. It should not just be a slogan. We must know the gospel. And the apostle Paul observed in verse 3. Uh, verse 3 says, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received. What is it that you received, Apostle Paul? Observe. He says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That's number one. Then he says that, in fact, it is marked by that, that, you know, okay? Or observe the first thing, says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Verse four, what is the first word there? That he was buried. Uh-huh. Next, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. We see here, the gospel retort, the simple gospel retort. And, and here is what I think, dear friends. It is like the Apostle Paul is telling the believers at Corinth that all these problems you are going through, the party spirit, you know, issues of immorality and so on, it is because you, 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 you've not made the gospel central. So I need to remind you. I need to remind you about the gospel. Observe the message of the gospel. There are four elements we see from this text. Number one, the death of Christ. We cannot talk about the gospel without talking about the death of Jesus Christ. That Christ died for our sins. In other words, that Christ paid the penalty of our sin with his life on the cross of Calvary. Friends, when Jesus came, he lived a holy life for us. He obeyed the law for us. But not only that, he also suffered. And he suffered on our behalf. He suffered as our substitute, of course, to satisfy the wrath of God. And when he was on the cross, all our sins were put on him. Past, present, and future, all our sins were put on him, and he was punished on our behalf. There was a great exchange. He took our sins, and he gave us his righteousness. Which, what other good news do you want? This is the good news. That I, I don't need to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to go to heaven because I can't. Because you can't. 
Jesus did everything for us. He did everything for us. And the only thing you can do, dear friend, if you are here and you are still a stranger to God's grace, if you are here and you are not a Christian, you need to repent and believe in this gospel. But also for you who claims to be a believer, is this the gospel you believed? Is this the gospel uh, you believed? Is this the gospel that made you to, to turn away from sin? Is this the gospel you believed? If this is not the gospel you believed, then you didn't believe the gospel at all. You didn't believe the gospel at all. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second element is the body of Christ. Verse 4a, that he was buried. But the third element is the resurrection of Christ, that he was raised on the third day once again. The resurrection of Christ is the crown of the gospel. Is the crown of the gospel. Without it, there's no gospel at all. Without it, you know, as, as, as some uh, in, the, in the gospel account, I think Matthew, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as some said, you know, uh, Jesus didn't resurrect. Some people just, you know, stole him from the grave. No, 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 he resurrected. He resurrected from the grave. And that is our hope. That is our hope. That is our only hope in life and in death that Jesus resurrected from the grave. Observe the third element, the appearance of Christ. This risen Christ. We are told that Christ Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he appeared to many witnesses. Paul actually gives us a list of witnesses to whom Christ appeared. He gives us a list. Observe in verse 5. He says, and that he appeared to Cephas, to the apostle Peter. Observe witness number 2, verse 5b. Then to, to the 12. Observe witness number 3. 500 brothers. That's verse 6. Then, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. It is like the Apostle Paul telling them that it's a challenge. In case you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, there are some people that we have some witnesses. We have some witnesses. Though others, of course, died. Witness number four, in verse seven, James, the, the brother of Christ, Witness number five, the apostle Paul himself in verse eight, he says, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. He also appeared to me. Friends, just in case any of his readers would accuse the apostle Paul of making all this up, the apostle Paul provides the authority for this gospel. And observe, observe finally, friends, in the fourth place, the authority of the gospel. The authority of the gospel we preach. What is the authority of the gospel we preach? 
Observe with me verse 3. There's something I want you to observe in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins what? In accordance to what? The scriptures. In accordance with the scriptures. And then he says that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the what? The scriptures. What on earth is the apostle Paul saying? Well, what on earth is he trying to bring across? Here is the apostle Paul demonstrating, dear friends, that the gospel was not his own fabrication. It was not his own fabrication. He is basically telling them that if you were to scan the whole scripture, if you were to scan from Genesis, you will see the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not my own fabrication, he's telling them. That the Old Testament also shows us prophecies concerning the life of Christ, concerning the death of Christ, concerning the burial of Christ, concerning the resurrection of Christ, concerning the appearance of Christ. When you are reading the Old Testament, never lose sight of God's redemptive plan. The whole Bible is about a missionary God. This God who is gathering a people for himself so that he can save them from their sins. Dear friends, how then are we going to end our time this evening? Well, two, two quick lessons. First, the, the primacy or the priority of the gospel. The priority of the gospel that we cannot begin to talk about how to live the Christian life without first of all talking about the gospel. The gospel is foundational to the Christian, uh, to Christian living. And Paul demonstrated that very well, even in the book of Romans, by showing us that from chapter 1 of Romans uh, to chapter 11, it's the doctrine of the gospel, and then from chapter 12 to chapter 16, how to live our lives. So we cannot talk about Christian living without you know, having it right on the gospel. We cannot talk about Christian living. Once again, the gospel is the rock on which the church is built. It is the rock on which the church is built. Finally, the necessity of the gospel. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting how the organizers of... Uh, of the Antioch uh, conference have, uh, you know, uh, how, how they have um, uh, made this program. That alongside the gospel retort, we have practical subjects like homosexuality. And I uh, you know Uncle Kasote Singogo and uh, Mrs. Emmanuel Matafari will be handling the whole issue of uh, homosexuality. Why? Because the only hope for the homosexuals is the gospel. That is their only hope. If you are talking about the homosexuals, our job should not just be condemning them, but of course believing that God has given us a message. 
a message uh, that can change even the worst of sinners, even the homosexuals. And uh, when we talk about, uh, I'm sure Mwansambewe and uh, I was almost saying Pastor Graham, okay, Mwansambewe and Brother Graham, they will be dealing with the, the whole issue of uh, relationships. And again, the gospel affects relationships. It does affect relationship. In, in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul deals with the issue of marriage. In 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 7. But also the issue of homosexuality in 1 Corinthians and chapter 6. All the Apostle Paul is showing is that the gospel is what we need for salvation and sanctification. The gospel is what we need. Oh, once again, you who is here this evening and you are not a Christian, come to Christ. I plead with you not to leave this place without making peace with God. Come to Christ and cry out to him like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Come to Christ. Come to him this evening and he will not cast you away. He, he will come to you. He will wash you in his blood. He will make you his child. But for you and me who are believers, we have the gospel to proclaim to the dying world. We must not succumb to the evils of, of the city. We must not succumb to the evils of Lusaka. We have the gospel to reach out uh, to the city of Lusaka. May the Lord bless this message to our hearts. Amen.